Welcome, everyone. Today, our guest is Miriam Godelli. She is the author of a new book called Slam Dunk. And she's an ICS certified NLP coach working with business and nonprofits. Her coaching techniques help her clients remove their inhibitions and insecurities and unlock their full inner potential. Miriam, welcome to the podcast. Hi, thank you so much. I'm so happy to be here today. Great. Well, we've got a lot to cover, so let's jump right in. Uh, let's start with your book. Um, tell us a little bit about your book. So Slam Dunk Your Way to Goal Setting started when many years ago I was setting goals for work and I was using the SMART model, which was great, but there was a lot of the how missing. There was the what, but not the how. And so then I started to compare it back to when I studied fitness, how athletes have everything divided into training season, training years, and, and how they build everything up. And so that's what I, I modeled slam dunk after is an athlete's training season. Because a lot of business owners, we, we open our doors and we expect to be making millions right away, right? But if we look at athletes, a 10-year-old starts in, in, I don't even know what a 10-year-old's level is. Um, but they have to build their way up. They can't just go straight to the NHL. So, um, and that's, um, that's what I, I really modeled the book on. Wow. That's true. And it's so realistic. I mean, these days there's so many quick help this and faster that and 10 days to this. And a lot of that stuff is really not very reliable, but that could be a whole other podcast today. I think you came on to the show for a different reason. And besides being a successful coach and author, Miriam is a foster parent. And in fact, she's fostered several children over the years and she's passionate about it. And she's agreed to come on this podcast to share her story with us. So let's start off with why you decided to become a foster parent in the first place. Oh boy, so when I was in my twenties, long time ago, I <laughs> found out I couldn't have kids. And I spent a long time trying to figure out what that meant for me. And just one day I was talking to a few clients that I had in my past business and they were telling me about their experiences in the foster care system. Mm -hmm. And they were telling me how they went from house to house and group home to group home. And it was funny how many people I know who were in the foster care system without even realizing it. And so I said to myself, you know, maybe this is for me. Maybe this is this is what I'm meant to do. You know, the traditional route didn't work out for me. So I filled out an application and I went to the, the information session and I went through a year of interviewing and psyche valves and visits from social workers. And and then one day they just call you and they're like, we have kids for you. Wow. So I did a little research before this and I was kind of blown away in general my view of the planet is about abundance everything is getting better however the foster care situation for kids is not getting better from what i see the stats have gone up uh, in fact our stats are a little worse than the u.s stats uh, 9.2 kids out of every thousand are in the foster care system the upside of course being that the reason why there's more uh, kids in the foster care system is because we're spotting the, the need for it. Isn't that true? Yeah. So the, the reason for signaling. So when, when somebody calls child protective services, it's called a signaling and it's been redefined. So before 
if I look at the time where my father was in school, it was mm-hmm. normal for the nuns to hit you and, and beat you, right? Where that's changed, where it's not okay anymore. Um, same thing at home. You know, when, when I was a kid, I've had my fair share of slippers thrown at me. Now you don't do that anymore. <laughs> it's, it's changed. So our definitions have changed and, and the accessibility has changed. But I can tell you being in the system, there's a huge lack foster yeah, homes. yeah. I, again I, I i noticed here that the the need for foster families has gone up by 24 percent in recent years but the amount of families stepping up to become foster parents has only gone up by 14 percent. so what happens to the other 10 percent of the kids um they go into group homes Oh boy. And some are actually sent home before either them or their parents are sent home. So just to be clear, like the goal of foster care is always to send kids home. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's a process that has to be followed, right? Like psyche valves, um, mediation, uh, outsized community help. The problem is that because there's such a lack of foster homes, the process is sped up to open up beds for, for new kids that might be in bigger need, I guess you can say. Wow. Okay, so let's bring this back to you now with regards to your reality in terms of your business owner and you're, you're, you're doing all kinds of things in the community and you become a single foster parent. How did that impact your world? <laughs> so I'm going to start off by apologizing to every parent I may or may not have judged whenever they would be like, you don't understand, I have kids. And I was like, ah, come on, you can do this. Um, <laughs> so <laughs> that should describe it a little bit. Mm. It, it it completely changed everything, right? Because now I can't just tell my clients like, sure, I'll, I'll stay an extra hour to our meeting. Sure, let's have an extra drink. Now I have to think, oh, okay, um, I have dinner to make. I have rugby practice to get to, right? And so the biggest thing that changed is my use of a paper agenda. I used to be able to use an electronic agenda. Now it's paper, because if not, I forget. (laughs) All right. Okay, so I hinted to everyone that you fostered quite a few children over the years. What is the number? How many foster children have you worked with over the years? So in the two years, a little over two years that I've been fostering, I'm at 10. Wow, that's unbelievable. Yeah, and, and I'm, I'm working really hard to buy a house in this market so I can have more rooms to foster more kids because it breaks my heart when I hear of kids going to group homes and, and yeah. not being taken care of. And not to say that they're not taken care of in group homes like their their needs are met but we have more basic needs than just here's food and, and shelter right yeah, that sounds like it'd be a topic for a whole other podcast oh yeah that's a whole other so in in these two years what have been some of the biggest challenges you faced with regards to you know juggling all of this so what's really hard is when you're a foster parent you have you're not just like a biological parent you also have the system to answer to So you have your parenting to do, but then you have to re-report and redo everything for the system. And I love my business. Like I'm, I was never one of those people. I'm not going to use the term female because I think every gender, there's people who want to be stay at home parents. That's always been the furthest from what I've wanted. And so I've had to, um, be more forgiving to myself 
and I've had to reassess certain goals and I had to learn to prioritize. So there were a bunch of things I was doing for my business that I was doing just for fun that I could have easily paid somebody else to. So I've learned to outsource things, right? Mm, Even my bookkeeping, I've started outsourcing that. Marketing, I've started outsourcing. Upkeep of my website, I've started outsourcing. And I've only kept the money-making activities to myself. Wow, that sounds like great, great advice for anybody. Um, So speaking of advice, what advice would you give to single parents who own a business uh, or a busy executive and want to be a foster parent? So number one, you're not perfect accept it. I've had to accept it. I've always thought I was perfect. I'm not. Um, <laughs> number two, be organized. Okay. Don't overschedule yourself or your kids because one that makes you a helicopter parent and you're going to fail at that and you're going to fail at your business. So you have to be honest with your kids and you have to be honest with yourself. Um, the next is really learn to outsource and learn to trust others to help you and live in the moment. Sometimes enjoy yourself and accept the fact that you will have to readjust. We become single parents for a multitude of different reasons. It could be a death, it could be by choice, it could be by divorce. Um, So you have to really, and it could be by illness, right? You have to be forgiving and you have to allow yourself to reset your goals. Goals are living and breathing entities. When you set a goal for yourself, it doesn't mean this is what it's gonna be for the rest of your life and it's not allowed to change. They are living and breathing entities. Wow, that's profound. I'm sure a lot of our listeners are interested in, you know, maybe you sharing with us maybe a success story that you have lived through in this time as a foster parent and as a professional. So as a professional, um, I was contacted by this one business a while ago and it's family owned. It's, It's an individual owner and he was trying to scale up. Now, a lot of people who are self employed tend to be control freaks. Not mm. gonna lie, I used to be that. <laughs> and, you know, they have kids, he and his wife have kids, and it was just so difficult for them to scale up because they're like, well, I can't hire an employee because then what if they don't do the job properly? What if they don't do this properly? And so number one, I had to start working with them on their trust issues. Why don't you trust your employees? Why are you not able to trust others? Then we worked on setting up systems so that they can easily check up on what their employees or what people that they were outsourcing to were doing, right? What's your reporting system? What software are you using? Can you easily check this? Can you easily compare it to your bank accounts, for example? And then we worked on creating employee guidelines. So if your employees are properly trained, then there's less chances of them making mistakes. If you just hire somebody, And let's say you're a landscaper and you give somebody a lawnmower, here, cut the grass, but you don't tell them how you want the grass cut, or you don't tell them the expectations of your client, then they're going to make mistakes. Mm. So the more you train them, the more you prepare them, you know, what if you're sick? What if your kid is sick and you're at the hospital with them and now there's an emergency at work? What are you going to do? Does your staff know what to do if the car breaks down or if the machinery breaks down? So with these people, that's what we did is we set up a contingency plan so that if something did happen, everyone on the team knew what to do. And then the last time I checked up on them, which was a few months ago, I was happy to hear that now they're up to, I think, four employees. And it wow. went from one man show to four employees. So that's really amazing. That is amazing. It's funny, I heard someone recently say that a lot of businesses think they have employees, but what they really have is assistance 
And it sounds like you've helped this company figure out a way to actually empower their employees. That sounds oh, yeah. amazing. So what I've noticed, and I, I'm not sure if like, I want her to listen to the podcast or not. I remember when my sister's <laughs> clinic was looking for an office manager and, you know, she sent me the description and she said, what do you think? And I said, this is like, I, I wouldn't apply to this job. I'm perfectly qualified for the job. I wouldn't apply for this job because everything's on this job. <laughs> so, and that's something I work with some of my clients is what are you actually looking at? You can't hire another you and you can't hire somebody who's going to do everything. So you have to figure out what they're supposed to do and what they're supposed to manage and what they're supposed to delegate. So you have to figure out what you want because you cannot just hire a bunch of assistants and expect everyone to know what to do. Yeah, makes perfect sense. Well, that sounds like another topic for another podcast. So I certainly hope that you find the time to circle back to us and, and share some of these other secrets to your success and how you help others succeed. And uh, I, I'm sure there'll be a lot of questions for you and we'll get those to you. How can people who are more interested in learning about either your coaching services, your book, or some of the ways that you help people in the foster care system, how can these folks get in touch with you, Miriam? So I actually have a website that's called The Adaptive Human. I've linked the Amazon links for where my book is sold also to my website. So everything is accessible through there. My contact information is also on the website. And I also have my Facebook page, which is The Adaptive Human. Great. Sometimes I show up on TikTok as The Adaptive Human, but I often have my bird there because she's cute. And I think people watch the videos for the bird. And we'll put all of those links and things into the show notes for this show and make sure that everyone has the uh, easy access to all of the ways in which they can interact with you, Miriam. Thank you so much uh, for joining the podcast. And I definitely know you will be back. So thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you so much.